If you weren't present with us last week, the rumors, no doubt, you've heard are grossly exaggerated of uh, Big Bird being here on stage to open up a new series of sermons that we're calling Soul Detox. Last week, I, I mean, whoever preached, started in Genesis chapter 2, verse 7, where we understand some uniquenesses about us as human beings. Listen to God's word again. Genesis 2, 7. The Lord God formed the man from the dust of the ground. He breathed the breath of life into the man's nostrils, and the man became a living person. Remember, we are not simply a body with a soul. Rather, we are souls with bodies. We discovered, we uncovered, we talked about last week that a result of sin, as we discussed last week, a result of that initial sin and just the fact of life because of sin, we are, as souls, little more than restless Wanderers, restless souls on this earth. We are always searching for something. And as we discovered last week, a restless soul can only find true rest in God alone. This morning we're going to continue in our acknowledge, acknowledgement of our need for a soul detox. That we are at our, call in, at our core in need of... Uh, Of something to cleanse us. Not more blockades, not a hazmat suit, not something that separates us, but as men and women who are instructed by Christ to be in this world and making a difference, we need a cleansing from within. Today, Uh, The sermon title of the subject is of the heaviness of our soul, the heavy soul. I I said in first service, I'm not much of a poet. I I count on Hallmark to write sappy things to my wife. Anybody anybody else? Can I confess? Anybody else need to confess that this morning? That the last thing you wrote to your wife, you actually just walked into the Walmart card line and went, that's good. I haven't done, I haven't been that bad. I paid for it. But the book of Psalms gives us a, a glimpse of the heaviness, of the difficulty we as souls have in this area of the weight of our soul. Listen to the psalmist's beautiful and poetic description of the heaviness of the soul from Psalm 42. A, a psalm that we read often around times of grief and despair. Listen, listen and allow the word to minister to you. Verse 1, Psalm 42. As the deer pants for streams of water, so my soul pants for you, my God. My soul thirsts for God, for the living God. When can I go and meet with God? My tears have been my food day and night, while people say to me all the day long, Where is your God? These things I remember as I pour out my soul. 
How I used to go to the house of God under the protection of the mighty one with shouts of joy and praise among that festive throng. Verse 5, why, my soul, are you downcast? Why so disturbed within me? Put your hope in God, for I will yet praise him, my Savior and my God. My soul is downcast within me. Therefore, I will remember you from the land of the Jordan, the heights of Hermon, from Mount Mazar, deep, calls to deep, in the roar of your waterfalls, all your waves and breakers have swept over me. By day, the Lord directs his love. At night, his song is with me, a prayer to the God of my life. I say to God, my rock, why have you forgotten me? Why must I go about mourning Oppressed by my enemy, my bones, they suffer mortal agony as my foes taunt me, saying to me all day long, where is your God? Verse 11, why, my soul, are you downcast? Why so disturbed within me? Put your hope in God, for I will yet praise him, my Savior and my God. Not being poetic myself, There are some aspects of this psalm that I can relate to. And I wonder if you can too. I wonder if we as a congregation, we as a a church, as a body of believers have experienced that weightiness. If we are willing to admit the weight of the world that casts its shadow, that bears its brunt of weight upon us, I think we can relate to words like this. Maybe you are like me, and uh, when you're seeing famous movies lived out, you can uh, relate them spiritually. Maybe, maybe you'll understand it this way. Have you, as a human being, experienced the weightiness in your soul? Have you experienced the disturbance in the force of your life? Do you know what I'm talking about? Can you relate to something inside of you, something at the core of your being, being a heavy blanket? Something you can't necessarily put your finger upon. You can't necessarily uh, wish away. You can't necessarily wake up in the morning and expect it to be gone. You've experienced the the weightiness, uh, a downcast as the NIV translates it, a depression, an awful sense of being overwhelmed by the world. Why? Why do we, why are we, why do we succumb to this weight in our soul? I want to give us three reasons. We experience this heaviness in in our soul because of hurts from the past, first of all. Has anybody been hurt in the past? In relationships? Anybody willing to just admit the past has not been kind? There's some things that have happened in your past that Some people know about, others maybe don't. There's some things in this life that have happened to all of us that have made us who we are. And sometimes we look at those things in our past and we can rejoice that the Lord has brought us through them. We have uh, experienced grace even in a moment of despair in our past. But can we also admit that our past weighs us down? That there are some things that have happened that have made us who we are and we can point to it as a heaviness In our soul, the book of Lamentations, again, very poetic. 
Chapter 3, verses 19 and 20 say this, I remember my affliction and my wandering, the bitterness and the gall. I well remember them, and my soul is disturbed, depressed, downcast within me. There are things that have happened. We are products of what has taken place in life. And the heaviness we experience in the core of who we are, in our soul, partially is due to hurts from our past. I like to rejoice about the good things in my past and minimize the difficulties in my past. But let's this morning admit that we've all experienced things we wish to never have to relive Secondly, not only do we uh, only experience a heaviness from uh, the hurts in our past, but we also have a heaviness with trouble in our presence. Anybody want to say amen to that? Jesus' words in John 16, 33, I wish he would have said it this way. I have told you these things so that in me you may have peace. In this world, if you are my follower, you will have sunshine and rainbows. And while I wish the scripture said that, I I also think there are some people that assume scripture says that. But instead, Jesus says, in this world, you will have trouble. Anybody had trouble this morning? You ready for me to choke on my coffee in that moment? That would have worked. We have trouble in this present life, these difficulties of life. We know this. We acknowledge it. They will be experienced. They will weigh us down. They do qualify as trouble. We don't have to put on a face that says to everyone around us, maybe you don't do this, okay? Maybe I'm the only one. Everything's great. You ever seen this face from me? It's been there. It's much easier to tell you that in the hallway than it is to tell you, oh, there's just some stuff, right? Aren't we professionals at this? How do you answer every time, unless you're much more mature than I am, when someone says, hey, how you doing? Good. trouble in those casual conversations. We don't bring them up. We, everything's fine. Doesn't this world have trouble? Aren't we overwhelmed by this world's present trouble? Are, are, are we so accustomed to those hallway conversations that we, we think we're actually able to pull the wool over someone's eyes by just saying everything's fine? Or... More likely, are we understanding that everything's not fine, but you don't want to know what's really up? We often continue to feel the weight of past hurts, and those are continuously compounded by this life's present trouble. So isn't it, is it any wonder that we feel a weightiness in 
our innermost being? Is it any wonder that we are weighed down? Maybe we have felt like we've started to heal from a past hurt. Maybe we've gotten past uh, that mountain or that valley or that difficulty that we are are trying to get through or around. Maybe uh, we have have experienced a a win in a situation. (laughs) And then isn't it just like life to throw a construction reflector our way here? We, we use phrases a lot to, uh, to, to talk about this reality. We say uh, in, in life, when, when something bad is happening and we, we kind of expect the next thing to be bad and we, we, we think things come in threes. I don't know if you think things come in threes. Some people in my life do. We, we say things like, uh, when it rains, it... We know. We know there's trouble in this life. Sidebar. As the church, that's part of what you're for. That's part of what this is for, to do life together, to walk uh, alongside each other in this life's trouble. Let me tell you, you do a great job. And we can do so more and more. The heaviness doesn't end with realizing hurts from our past or troubles in our momentary presence. Each of us gains that soul weight, that downcastness, by also growing heavy with anxiety about the future. Again, I don't like this. I don't like admitting that there are things unknown, there are things known about the future that overwhelm me and us. Anybody else shown anxiety this week about something that they know is coming in the future and they don't know how they're going to handle it? It's true, our souls gain a heaviness as we experience the anxiety about the future, the unknowns, sometimes the knowns. Anxiety is that that, that worry that sometimes or maybe often begins small. It's just an inkling, a a curiosity about how is this going to work out and oftentimes becomes overwhelmingly crippling as we think about what's around the next corner. We're not alone. We're not alone in being anxious about things to come that are very real. Jesus is in the Garden of Gethsemane on the night he was betrayed from Mark's Gospel, chapter 14, verse 33. Jesus took Peter, James, and John with him, and he became cuddly and excited. Do you see it up there? Isn't that what it says? Oops. Jesus on the night he was betrayed became deeply troubled and distressed. He even said it this way, my soul is crushed with grief to the point of death. Stay here. Keep watch with me. I've never sweated drops of blood. Like Jesus. But there have been some seasons in life. And I know some of our stories, Hyde Wesleyan Church. We have experienced those moments where anxiety about the future causes us to 
shrivel up and say, I just don't know how to get out of bed. I just don't know if it's worth coming to church. I just... Anxiety, let me say this. Anxiety about your future, our future, is legitimate. And it weighs heavy upon our souls. Often it's crippling and overwhelming. Man, this is an encouraging message, yeah? (laughs) Hurts from our past, troubles in our present, anxiety for our future. Wow, how exciting. So what? Do we simply live with the hurts in our past and the trouble in our present and anxiety and worries about the future? Is is this all that we're really made for? Is this really uh, the hope that we have is that we just know the bad stuff in the past has made us who we are and it's going to be bad today? The state of affairs continues to fall around us. And the future, because we don't know how it's going to pan out, we can just worry about it in our small circles. I really believe that the world believes that. That many of my neighbors, that's the only reality. That a world without hope... Without a a true understanding of the hope that comes through only Jesus. Believes that that's that's just the way the world works. Bad stuff in my past. Today's not so great. And the future, oh boy. There is hope. Christian. There is hope. Let me tell you about it. Back to our first passage this morning in Psalm 42, verses 5 and 6. The psalmist asked, Why, my soul, are you downcast? Why so disturbed, so depressed within me? Why, soul? It's an inward focus. It's an ask of myself. Why are you this way? And the next phrase is so positive. Put your hope in God. For I will yet praise him, my Savior and my God. I I think we need to shift our our thinking. As Christians, I I think we have a hope inside of us that we can't just hold inside of us. I hope you hear that here. We have to shift our our thinking in in assuming that this is just the way it's going to be. Yeah, our, our soul will be heavy. There is brokenness all around us. We are not taken out of this broken world yet. Hello? In this world, we will have trouble. There is brokenness all around us. It weighs heavy on us, but we have a hope. We must put our hope in God alone. As believers in the gift, the true magnificent version of grace through Jesus Christ... As we realize the heaviness that is a part of our souls from hurts first in the past. We have been given a power to combat those past hurts by first remembering God's faithfulness in our past. If it's true that there are hurts in our past, we have ammunition. Are we allowed to say that? We have a way to combat it. By remembering God's faithfulness in the past. Back to Lamentations. We read this. 
poetic two verses, verses 19 and 20. I remember my affliction and my wandering, the bitterness and the gall. I well remember them, and my soul is downcast within me. And we stop there. Beauty of Scripture keeps going. Verse 21, yet this I call to mind, and therefore I have hope. Because of the Lord's great love, we are not consumed by bitterness and gall. For his compassions never fail. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. Someone write a song. Much like how we talked about last week, that it's necessary as we're being still before God in our restless wanderings. While we're waiting on God, that we need to reflect and recall testimonies of his goodness. We can rejoice And how God has provided in our past, we too need to remember His faithfulness in the past. When we experience the weightiness in our soul, we can reflect upon God's faithfulness. Again, church, it's easy on a Sunday morning to tell you that when you are remembering and recalling the hurts of your past, It's easy to say, oh, just remember the good times. Recalling those good times doesn't come naturally or easily. A beauty of being the hands and feet of Jesus, the church, united, is walking along, doing life together, and carrying those testimonies of God's faithfulness into hopeless situations. Remember, God has been faithful. Remember, by definition, the past is the past. We've made it through it. Maybe we've got scars. Maybe we're beaten up. Maybe we've got a broken leg. Maybe we can barely move along, but we've been through it. And there are some mile markers worth noting as we progress towards Christ-likeness. As we continue to become more and more like Jesus, let us hold fast to remembering God's faithfulness, how He has molded and made us into His image again and again. Not only do we have the possibility of combating our past hurts, but likewise, the present moment troubles that will happen can also be fought against. Secondly, by crying out to God in our present. (laughs) Maybe, Maybe we sometimes think that we have a handle on crying out to God in the present. Maybe that's our natural go-to, that when the going gets tough, when, when, when things are overwhelming in a moment, we just simply call a timeout, things continue to keep happening, but we call a timeout and we just cry out to God. By its nature, I think, as we continue to grow in faith as believers, sometimes we shy away from doing this. Sometimes we think... Comparatively, we judge our troubles by someone else's troubles. Oftentimes, we don't have to look very far, even in our own church family, to find uh, someone who is struggling through something uh, a little more difficult than our present trouble. And so uh, we, we surround them and we shy away from calling out to the God uh, 
who has all ability to meet us in our moment. Maybe, uh, maybe we look past our church family and we uh, see someone a half a world away and we think, my present troubles aren't that bad. Can I remind you that God is present in your present? That He knows the struggle, the difficulty, the overwhelming that you are experiencing today? And He wants you to be in relationship with Him. He wants to hear from you. The Psalms abound with calls for crying out to God. David, as he was on the run from King Saul, in Psalm 142, writes this way. Verse 1, Psalm 142. I cry out to the Lord. I plead for the Lord's mercy. I pour out my complaints before Him. I tell Him all my troubles. When I am overwhelmed, You alone know the way I should turn. Wherever I go, my enemies have set traps for me. I look for someone to come and help me, but no one gives me even a passing thought. No one, no man will help me. No one cares a bit what happens to me. Then I pray to you, O Lord. I say, you are my place of refuge, my hiding place. You are all I really want in life. Hear my cry, for I am very low. Rescue me from my persecutors, for they are too strong for me. Bring me out of prison so I can thank you. The godly will crowd around me, for you are good to me. God is present in our present. He is able. He is here. He hears our cries. We can experience a a, a less weighted soul as we cry out to Him in our present and trust Him to handle, to be there in those troubles. Finally, do you remember that heaviness in our souls due to the anxiety we feel about the unknowns of our future? Do you know who's in that future? We have watches. We have cell phones. We have calendars and planners. We function in 24 hours, 7 day weeks, 365 sometimes, 366 days in a year. We're so smart. Guess who made time? Guess who holds all of eternity in the palm of his hand? You've been given power to trust in God's power for your future. Do you know that? There's a fun story in the Old Testament. Only one. There's lots. But 2 Chronicles holds a story that helps assemble this reality. Chapter 32 of 2 Chronicles. I can't read the whole chapter, but let me give you some highlights. Hezekiah is the king of Israel in this history. He's been made aware of the king of Assyria's desire to wage war and annihilate Jerusalem. 
the holy city. His desire is to overthrow, to make them no longer, to remove them from history. The threat is real. (laughs) The anxiety for all of Israel and Jerusalem has to be unimaginable. Being king of Israel in a time like that where the threat is literally knocking on the door. The Assyrian army is unmatched in power. The inevitable is realized. But trusting in God's power as a man of God, Hezekiah addresses the people in 2 Chronicles chapter 32, verse 7. He says this. And I like to, I like to read words like this and go, oh, I want to be like Hezekiah. If this was our reality, there'd be some shakiness in my voice. But listen, listen to God's word and Hezekiah's words here. Verse 7, be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or discouraged because of the king of Assyria and the vast army with him. For there is a greater power with us than with him. With him is only the arm of flesh. But with us is the Lord our God to help us and to fight our battles. <laughs> Can you imagine? Are you, are you a little bit skeptical? I'm a lot big skeptical. If I was hearing those words from my king, I would be tempted to dig a hole in the ground. And I'm thankful for the faith like men like Hezekiah. Scripture says that the people, at these words, they gained confidence in God. And a few verses later, we see that God, who holds that past and present and future in the palm of his hands, provided in a supernatural way. Verses 20 through 21, King Hezekiah, the prophet Isaiah, son of Amos, cried out in prayer to heaven about this. In verse 21, the Lord sent an angel who told those guys to stop it. I know you're reading behind me. The Lord sent an angel who annihilated all the fighting men and commanders and officers in the camp of the Assyrian king. He killed the bad guys. So he withdrew to his own land in disgrace and they all lived happily ever after. Nope. When he went to the temple of his God, some of his sons, his own flesh and blood, cut him down. The Assyrian king cut him down with the sword. God provided in a miraculous way to a people marked by him. Christian, you are a people marked by God. The God of Hezekiah. The provider of an angel who annihilates enemies. God doesn't do that kind of stuff anymore, right? Trust in God's power for your future. Our souls are heavy. Because of sin that we are born into. Because of the nature of of this world our souls are heavy 
from hurts from our past, troubles in our present, and anxiety and worry about things to come. But this is not a hopeless situation. We don't have to be crushed by that weight. God is our hope. Take that hope. Put hope in God by remembering his faithfulness in your past. Put hope in God by crying out to him in your presence and trust God's power in your future. Stand with me, please. I don't know. I don't know which or if one of those points rings true in your heart right now. I'm I'm privileged to that in between services, people snag me in the hallway and they're like, how did you know? And I'm like, I I know some things. I'm so thankful for testimonies of how God uses his word to meet us where we are. I believe that's truly how God works. He uses passages of scripture like this, messages like this to impact our hearts and lives, to change us, to remind us, to empower us, to make it through today maybe, this week, this situation, this overwhelming trouble. Take hope. Hear that. Tweet that. Put it on a t-shirt. Take hope. And knowing that our God is able Let's bow our heads. God, we declare your ability. We take pride in our ability often in this world. We accomplish things. We're proud of ourselves and proud of our kids and proud of each other. We like it when we accomplish stuff. But God, we right now Acknowledge that you are the King of kings, Lord of lords. You are able. And we find hope in your ability. And we admit often uh, a heaviness in our souls. We, We acknowledge where those weights come from. We are people with hurts in our past and trouble in our present and anxiety and worry about things to come. But we find hope that that is not all we are designed for. That is not the inevitable end. We find hope in your ability. Remembering your faithfulness. Crying out to you and putting our trust in your ability. And God, on behalf of this people, this local congregation here at Hyde Wesleyan Church, God, we cry out for all of the pain and hurt, depression, sickness, failings, needs, all of those very real troubles, we cry out to you, O oh God. And even in our despair, we acknowledge you are God. You are able. God, I pray that in this moment, 
acknowledging your ability would bring joy and peace to our hearts and that we would go through this week boldly declaring that we can be strong and courageous in sight in sight of armies approaching would you help us to hold fast to your ability in all that we do we pray in Jesus name God's people said Amen. Amen. God bless you.